Welcome to Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Join me, your host Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. To get in contact with the show, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to a rather impromptu and spontaneous episode of Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. I am, of course, your host, Sam Wiles, and today, for what seems like the millionth bloody time, we're going to be discussing even more Egypt Station content. This is going to be one of my infamous hot takes, where I've only had, at time of recording, around two or three days to listen to the material. And whilst opinions always change on this show, it's always fun to catalogue these initial reactions. So I hope you enjoy me at my most reactionary here. Of course, before we dive right into the episode, I've got to get a quick little bit of housekeeping out of the way. If you want to get in contact with the show, and we love reading out your correspondence whenever I get the chance... Please drop us an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. I actually do have a letter today that I would like to read out briefly. I'm going to have to redact it somewhat as Warren sent such a lengthy and complimentary email. Warren is also one of our Patreon supporters as well. Warren writes, Just got back from the pub, so excuse the lack of quality from this email. I'm a 70s Macca lover and have always shuddered a bit when looking back at the 80s output with several great exceptions. That being said, I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. Warren is, of course, referring to our Pipes of Peace Part 1 episode. Hopefully he'll be enjoying Part 2, which has just been released. Hopefully you'll go back and download that one as well. He continues, Firstly, Sam, mate, I have to say what a gift you have for delivering such insight, irreverence, and sheer adulation all in one. It's such a balancing act, and yet I marvel at how well you do it so often. I found it almost insane that you apologised for not having enough material to pad out Pipes of Peace Part 1, when your contextualisation of this album in the whole Macca climate, especially with Wacko Jacko and the publishing saga, was so well documented, but always with a dry wit and film critic journo skill. It's like mixing Simon Sharma with Lester Bangs. No matter how many times you decry that you take so long to perfect it, your final piece is always worth the wait. Where is Bruce McMouth scheduled for? Looking forward to that too. Cheers. Warren Butson. Oh, oh, I've actually gone red in the face there. I cannot believe I have gotten such wonderful correspondence there. Thank you so much for that, Warren. Uh, I'm really glad you're enjoying the show. Like I say, I hope you enjoyed part two as well. I hope my opinions on those songs weren't too harsh for you. Um, Of course, thank you so much for being a Patreon supporter as well. The Bruce McMouse show, that's actually going to be probably scheduled after this one. I know my friend Tom wants the Lisa the Vegetarian episode to come out, but he'll have to wait for that as well. Mostly because I too am looking forward to talking about Bruce McMouse. I had such a fun time with that film. Cannot wait to talk about that. And if you would like to be like Warren and just send in wonderfully complimentary emails like that, then of course, send one in to paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Let me know your Paul McCartney stories, any bits of trivia or weird stories in your life in some way related to Paul. I'm always interested to hear those. Follow us on our Twitter, which is at McCartneyPod. Check out the blog, which is paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com, where you can see all sorts of bonus articles and stuff there. So you see where many episodes first started as well. That's paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. Find us on Facebook and YouTube, simply by typing in Paul McCartney Podcast or Paul or Nothing. Please leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you use. 
As much as I love reading complimentary emails like Warren's there, I also love reading your iTunes and Podbean and Podomatic reviews and all of that as well. If you can take 10 seconds in your day to give us a five-star re- review on whatever platform you're on, that really helps out the show in an incomprehensibly massive way. And finally, to also be like Warren, join us on our Patreon. Patreon is the service that allows you to support independent content creators like me to help keep the lights running on this show, to help keep it ad-free. Obviously, I do this show in my spare time whilst working a full-time job. And the goal one day would wonderfully to be to work less hours and just spend more time on this show and other things like it. As well, funds from the Patreon also go into creating wonderful bits of content for this show, such as me being able to rent the Bruce McMahon show, such as me being able to go see Yesterday, such as me being able to go see Mark Lewison's Hornsey Road. And I am tempted as fuck to spend some of the Patreon money to go buy Hey Grand Dude and review that on this show as well. I think that could be very fun as well. But yeah, to help the show in a very direct way, if you ever felt like you've wanted to buy me a beer or a coffee for my work that I've done on the show, then please consider joining our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash McCartneyPod. Links down below for all of those things there. And we are done. Yes, everyone. The train has pulled in and it's time to clamber aboard once again, as McCartney has seen it fit to release a brand new double A-side single, Home Tonight and In a Hurry, which is... Yet again, I, I cannot believe I'm saying this, another protracted release from Paul McCartney's Egypt Station Sessions. Like, Paul really wasn't kidding when he said that he had a load of leftover material from these sessions. And I thought he meant that this would mean we'd get a, a glut of extra bonus tracks in some sort of future anniversary release. But no, life is too short for Paul at the moment and he wants to see all of his material out being released. Uh, in his lifetime, you know, he's obviously proud of this stuff, he's putting it out, it's not remaining in the backlog somewhere to go on some sort of promiscuous cold cuts and hot hits album. And why not, I suppose, you know, this is the age of streaming, and despite Paul going to quote-unquote number one in the album's chart, the power of the album is sadly dwindling. Ringo himself is talking about just releasing EPs now, and if Paul has more songs than any one album can contain, then... Fuck it, I suppose. Release it on streaming. Keep up the constant interest in the brand alive and well. Maybe I'm being a little bit cynical here, but people out there, they did already pay good money for the Traveller and Explorer editions of Egypt Station, which contained many, many bonus tracks. There was also the Deluxe edition of Egypt Station that also contained two bonus tracks. And these two songs today being Home Tonight and In A Hurry, regardless of their quality, of course, could have just easily been included on any of those three releases regardless of quality again i am always excited for a new paul mccartney release for new paul mccartney content i run a paul mccartney podcast what do you think but when am i gonna have this whole fucking album paul like egypt station i praise that album i love that album i cannot believe how much i connected with the modern 2018 paul mccartney album i didn't think it would happen but it did but How long am I going to have to keep being doled these scraps from the cutting room floor in seemingly random intervals or, you know, whenever Paul simply hasn't got anything going on that week? It's almost like he's been banking releases in the the same way that I might bank a podcast for future release, like my episode of Reviewing Lisa the Vegetarian, for example. I shouldn't moan, I know, but... I know I would have been miffed if I'd shelled out for the various lavish special editions of Egypt Station, and in a way, I am more happier and more satisfied with the fact that I just have the standard 
pure Egypt station on vinyl. You know, my resolve in that capacity has never been stronger. So what do we have to work with today? Well, these two tracks are kind of like the opposite of the deluxe edition, which was an additional two tracks from Ryan Tedder. And the yin-yang of that is now we have two tracks from Greg Kirsten. Not that Greg Kirsten needed any more of a nod of recognition for his contribution to these sessions. Like, this is the Greg Kirsten album, and he knocks it out of the park with a couple of fun cameos from Tedder, shall we say. But it is cool to see that these cold cuts aren't just some demos or, or early takes. These do have the full Greg Kirsten production force behind them, which is a definite selling point for me. These are finalised songs that just not had yet been released. That's simply it. The quality of the production and the way that it complements all of McCartney's ever mercurial needs is as present as ever. They still feel like a fantastic team. And whilst I obviously would like Kanye to produce Paul's albums for sheer giggles and bants, if Paul McCartney decided, you know, once to actually do something twice in a row in a rare shift, then for him working with Greg Kirsten for his next release just makes sense, doesn't it? But yeah, do not worry. The length of distance between this release and the original Egypt Station does not mean that this doesn't sound like Egypt Station content. You know, this definitely sounds like it is from those sessions. And I know many of you will have come up with ideas about which songs you would have taken off the album and fit these songs on. Because they do sound so Egypt Station. And that was a relief for me. Though, if anything, the artwork was the most interesting part of this release. Uh, don't let that be too much of a spoiler as to what I think of the songs. But um, I felt the artwork for this was actually quite striking with its red and yellow borders and alluring collection of uh, circular, almost spiralling, cropped artwork. Um, it's a wonderful concept for a cover whereby... You know that parlour game where you're kids and you get a piece of paper and you fold it in four parts, four equal parts, going up the page, portrait, and you each draw a part in this section of a person, but you fold up the other three parts of paper so you're obscure and you cannot see what the other are drawing. On the bottom part, someone draws the feet. The second part, someone draws the upper legs and sort of bottom torso. In the third section, someone draws the upper torso. And then the, in the fourth section, someone draws the head. These have all been hidden during the entire process and then you pull it out and reveal it. And oh, ha, 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 you all laugh. And this is a, a fun little drawing whereby it's all mishmashed. And you've made some sort of Frankenstein creation, almost like, you know, a, a doodle version of something like Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey. I think we all know that game, if you sit down and think about it, maybe I haven't explained it that well. But it's a series of those images going around the circle in columns. But rather than all being based on the human form, some of them get pretty abstract and expansive in what they can be. And I found that very alluring. Uh, because I was like, oh, what if all of these separate drawings were all parts of wider artworks? Like, like, did McCartney draw 20 or so different wider pieces of art and then just crop certain bits out? What have we not seen? That certainly got my mind whirling to a certain degree. Though, whilst going through the press release on McCartney's website, the statement uh, actually spoke about the game that I was speaking about there as thus... The limited edition picture disc will feature new, exclusively created artwork based upon the parlour game Exquisite Corpse, along with the lyric insert. And they write that sentence as if it's the most normal sounding thing ever. Now, I've seen various versions of that game that I just mentioned, but never once 
no matter the variation, I've never heard it be referred to as exquisite corpse. Like, what an awful name for a children's parlour game. Like, if my parents come up to me and said, Oh, hey there, Sam. What are you and your friends playing there? And I just turn around and said, Exquisite corpse. You know, you would have been sent to the loony bin. I mean, am I, am I wrong here? Does anyone else out there refer to this game as Exquisite Corpse? If you do or know someone weird who does, drop us an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. I would love to know. Just like the previous pre- and post-Egypt Station releases, I never actually had to worry about access to these songs, as not only were these quickly available on streaming, but McCartney's own YouTube page had released the tracks with both of them now having well over 100,000 views and other pages adding that total to like 200,000 each. So that's probably quite an accurate measure of the diehard McCartney fan base, to be fair. I found that quite interesting. I couldn't find the uh, details on Spotify, though. So at time of recording, I'm actually going to be talking to Tom Hunyadi uh, for a bonus episode for the show. And one of the questions I'm going to be asking him is about what his plan to get this vinyl release is. And the reason I'm going to ask him is because this is going to be very exclusive. I'm not sure how many are going to be released worldwide. But as far as I know, that this is going to be coming out on Friday for Record Store Black Friday. And McCartney's site pointed me out to a little search engine where I could find what record stores near me were taking part. And around about four or five different stores in my local area, like going going from closest to furthest away. And they either told me that there was no interest or they didn't even know it was coming out or no one had rang them up to ask before. So they'd never put in any orders. So I ended up just ringing Swordfish Records, a.k.a. the best independent record store in Birmingham, UK. And they told me that they had put in an order, but they didn't know how many that they were going to be getting as there are only going to be 500 copies of Home Tonight in a hurry going to be made available for the UK. They couldn't reserve any, and it's going to be first come, first serve. Um, I'm not going to mention what time it opens, in case any of you out there live closer to me than I might imagine. But that is my goal this Friday, is going to be to go and try and grab a copy of Home Tonight in a hurry. It, It surely will be worth the social media likes and retweets and all that rubbish. Part of me, though, does feel like I'm kind of playing into the darkest of capitalist consumerist culture. But the other part kind of makes me feel like it's this fun little innocent McCartney-based adventure. Only time will tell, I suppose. But yeah, I really should be getting into the songs themselves now. You ain't got all day now, have you? Well, speaking of you, here are a few comments that you folks on the Twitter page managed to rustle up for me once I announced I would be doing this episode, of course. Thank you so much. For those of you who reached out, and let's read a few of them now. At History in the Mix, aka the host of Beatle Podcast, A Submarine That Is Yellow, writes, In a hurry, definitely should have been on Egypt Station, but Home Tonight is a great standalone single. At Johnny Morris, 1973, says, Both lovely. In a hurry has a great catchy chorus and entertaining weird tangents. Home Tonight was a heartfelt thematic follow-up to Waterfalls and Don't Be Careless Love. All Macca should be released. At Mr. Nick's TV 81 writes, In a hurry is an all-time classic. At Hit Kicker writes, Happily surprised by both of them. They are certainly of the standard to be on Egypt Station, but it's great to see that he's holding something back to feed us fans every now and then. I like to get enough too, so pleased with what's been released post-ES. And finally, at Alan SOS wrote in, I love both songs. I think they're catchy and have great melodies. 
Oh, thank you so much everyone for writing in there on such short notice. It's always nice to get a feel of where the crowd is on things like this so I can duck out of any particularly harsh comments at the last minute, you know what I mean? But what do I think about the two tracks? Well, let's just get into it. Home tonight! So our first song today here, folks, is continuing Paul's long line of songs with the word tonight in it. From the man who brought you such night-based numbers as We're open tonight, good night tonight, good rockin' tonight, the world tonight, and dance tonight comes home tonight. I'm taking you home tonight. I wanna make sure that you're all right. Looks like a go go wind is blowing in. I'm taking you home tonight. We're like a train that's left the tracks. The world is falling apart. I can't be helped to put it back. But tell me where to start. I'm taking you home. And bam, there you are, folks. That was some brand new Paul McCartney content. What did the rest of you think? Was it worth all that wait? Um, well, after all that hype, I can say that it was fine. That was a fine song. And let's try and be positive first. Uh, the moment I heard this song, I was actually instantly very, very happy that we weren't going to be burned with a cold-cut ballad. No, um, this song is carrying on with the... Well, if anything, the kind of cheeky sexual side of Macca's songwriting on this album, as Paul is literally stating he wants to take someone home tonight. Though, unlike Fur You, this one clearly has more of that innocent Beatles double entendre feel that makes it a bit more palatable and enjoyable uh, and a little more radio-friendly. Thankfully, the main thing that works in this song's favour, and I think this is what is making the song strike a chord with so many of the fans, is that it is just a continuation of the light, jovial atmosphere and solid production that punctuated the Kirsten sessions. It's very much, you know, if you liked the previous Egypt Station sessions, then you'll like this. Though, the, the, the lack of something new on this song, and we're, we're, we're going to get off the positives quite quickly here, there really wasn't anything new to speak of, and that was a bit of an instant disappointment to me once the song was finished. Like, of course, this song is very exactly what it says on the tin. It's a cold cut from Egypt Station, but the bar has been set pretty damn high by tracks like Frank Sinatra's Party and Nothing For Free. So for Paul to release a fairly standard verse, chorus, verse, acoustic, poppy brass track is really nothing much, if anything, to write home about. It's a very bog-standard Macca vocal melody. The songwriting itself is fairly formulaic and been there, done that. And I was definitely left thinking, oh, is that is that it? After my first listen. And then I'm, I'm still feeling that after several. Of course, there is this part of me that remembers how violently I reacted to the first Egypt Station snippets that were released, like, you know, almost two years ago now. And knowing the full album, as I do now, inside and out, I can say that this song doesn't like massively dip in quality or anything, you know. It's very much in the same vein as a lot of the other lesser cold cuts from this release. Nothing leaps out at me as being particularly bad, but you cannot deny that Home Tonight does have an air of being an amalgamation of several songs, sounds, production flares, 
ideas and themes that we have heard before and done better elsewhere on Egypt Station. So, if anything, the fact that this song has come out so late and features such universally classic songwriting that it almost makes it feel like it could it, it could have come from anywhere in his career, which almost makes it a bit dated in some ways. Uh, it, it didn't have the same fresh, poppy quality of the rest of Egypt Station. This definitely feels like one of the very limp-wristed and impassioned type of tracks that George Martin would have cut from the original Tug of War sessions or something like that. But the final reason that this song doesn't make it onto the final Egypt Station album, unfortunately, is just because that it's just not good enough. It's, it's a fine old song, but despite having nothing to hate about it, there isn't anything that makes it stand out on such a standout album. And, you know, if vinyl singles were still a thing, then maybe this could have been a bit of solid B-side filler. But to release it as a double A-side, when it's so clearly a, a well-cut cold cut from the cutting room floor, feels like a whole lot of fuss over nothing, and it's an unfair uh, burden to place upon this song and the other. Is there anything I would take off Egypt Station to include this song? Not at all. There are very few songs off the Traveller's Edition or Explorer's Edition that I'd take off to include this one. I totally get why it didn't make it onto the album. And whilst I know that a lot of you out there like it as well, that there is no part of me that feels like I'm going to do one of my classic 180 degree turns on this song. This definitely feels like what it is. And what it is is one of the songs that was wisely cut from the album. In a hurry! And on the flip side of this double A-side release, we have a song that has really not been in a hurry to be released, despite the album coming out well over a year ago now. This is In A Hurry. Every minute she'd be rushing Someone always breathing down her neck Felt like everyone was pushing her down Keeping her in check How could she leave? She's gotta stay Somebody has to sit and wait Deep in a dream She is a voice It's not too late to celebrate Uncontrollable laughter Not too late to celebrate Round and round in her head No one said you got to know This is what she was after Not too late to celebrate Not too late Not too late So, one of the top comments for the YouTube page for this song is This is probably what the Beatles would sound like if they existed today. And I'm like, oh, so the Beatles would be about as good as a song not good enough for a solo Paul McCartney album? How very sad. How very sad indeed would it be if this was the Beatles' legacy? And to me, I, I, I didn't find this one particularly Beatlesque. I thought that the last one, Home Tonight, probably had more Beatle flair to it in its uh, build and composition and instrumentation. If anything, this song is very McCartney, very classically McCartney, for better or worse, really. Um, and just like the last song, it's got that air of Egypt Station, just more of it. And of course, again, you start to wonder what possibly could have come off the original album to make way for this track. And I hate to start off so negatively and mirror the last review so directly, but are we just releasing everything but the kitchen sink by this point? This one just didn't resonate with me either, I'm afraid, people. 
That being said, it is definitely still the stronger of the two compositions on this double A side. It's definitely the more interesting of the two songs. But, I mean, it only had to go against a generic poppy number, which really wasn't too much to beat. But at least we have something to chew on here. We have a classic Macca stitching together of two songs formula at play here, or at least it feels that way. Maybe he wrote two different songs in one session, but it's definitely got that Frankenstein, you know, exquisite corpse, shall we say, feel to it. We've got the very staccato, dramatic, granny music piano segment, and that and that's contrasted against these very big, brash, not-too-late-to-celebrate segments. And overall, along with that quality Kirsten production holding it all together, you are given a much more satisfying experience. And if I had to pick one track out of these two, of course, I would put this one somewhere on Egypt Station. Though I don't know exactly where I would put it. As the first thing that hit me with this song was just how much it sounded like one of those fairly prototypical grandiose McCartney closer numbers, albeit a fairly forgettable one within the, the grand scope of all of those tracks. Because all of the orchestration builds to this very climactic point that feels like at least the end of side one, maybe. There's also this really weird element introduced towards the end where it, it kind of shifts to this uh, semi-live in environment where we hear like the, the crowd coming in and they're like roaring at him and then he starts like singing to a crowd that weren't there at the start of the song. And it's part like this that continued to make me think of it as as a closer because the roar of the crowd because the roar of the crowd has some finality to it. But it, it really doesn't do anything other than extend this song needlessly. It's, it is a bit indulgent in that regard. I wonder if Macca had originally penned this track to close the album before panicking in that classic Red Row Speedway kind of way and whipped up a new medley on the spot to replace it. If he did, I am glad he did because the three-part medley at the end of Egypt Station, oh, that's actually one of my favourite parts of the album. As always, I am drawn more to the Stranger McCartney tracks, and at least this was a little bit weird and a little bit strange. Though, actually, like just thinking about the, the instrumentation now, uh, the very, like, oh, oh, backing vocals and the bells and the, the lush brass section, along with the, the twinkle of the piano, almost creates uh, a Christmassy-type feel to the track. Go back and listen to it if you, if you don't believe me. And... You know, the song is called Celebrate, and it's out just before Xmas, in exclusive numbers. Oh my god, I'm just putting this together now. And it's in exclusive numbers, you know, it's going to be desirable. Christmas purchase, suspicious much. Ah, oh, has this literally just been released for the holiday period for the sake of it? I really hope not, because that will make me dislike the song even more. But yeah, as a Makatufa, it certainly checks all the boxes in weaving two soundscapes together. Both of them do complement each other to some degree. Uh, lyrically, the song didn't particularly resonate with me either. Um, the And it just seems to be about a girl who's just a bit down for all the piano bits, and then it's contrasted against the happiness of not too late to celebrate. And I think actually this song probably would have been cut from the original release of songs, just because Back in Brazil has very similar she, she, she kind of lyrics, and maybe they, they, they just didn't want to repeat that. Uh, if that was the reason, then yep, yeah, again, great choice there, Paul, because Back in Brazil is also much better. Conclusion. Basically, I do not disagree that Home Tonight and In a Hurry were left off the final album. That was a good choice. Sorry, everyone. 
The more I hear of all this surplus Egypt station material, the more I theorise that this release may have initially been conceived as a double album, and it wisely got pruned down later on in production. Again, if that's the truth, thank god it did, because whilst all these uh, bonus Egypt station tracks did yield one of my new Macca favourites, if it had been a double album, Egypt station would have been one of those albums where it just would have been bloated with all these songs and all these mediocre numbers would have ruined that average score. Though, the more I think about it, uh, a double album, Egypt Station, either blog post, episode, or both, does sound like a good idea. Make a mental note of that one. But yeah, folks, haven't been too impressed with these two. If anything, these tracks could have been melted down and simply added to the end of the medley of the original Egypt, Egypt Station and it probably would have been happy enough, you know, they probably would have had the same amount of impact because they don't bring anything fresh or interesting enough to even justify the length of the tracks, let, let alone this weird double A-side possible Christmas-based release. Instead, for me, this is just McCartney going through the motions, and I feel like we're being exposed to content that was rightly cut, um, and we should have been exposed to it in a, in a different way, and maybe that would have made it a little bit more palatable. Uh, or maybe that's, that's just me. Finally, I'm, I'm just going to reiterate that I really should have reviewed these songs by now, but I haven't. Uh, I'm, I'm only going out this Friday to buy this stupid disc because I'm a collector and the host of this podcast. Home Tonight and In A Hurry will be lucky if they get a single spin on my vinyl player. And sadly, I feel like these two songs are forever doomed to be a part of the hall of Paul McCartney songs that are more interesting as trivia points than as works of art even though the cover itself is, admittedly, a work of art. Thank you very much, folks. Thank you for listening to this quick, spontaneous episode. I'm going to be recording another one later today. Can't wait to be doing that. I hope you've all enjoyed this, uh, even though you may not have agreed with my opinions. If you have strong views that haven't been covered on either Home Tonight or In A Hurry, drop me an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com or drop us a quick message on the Twitter, which is at McCartneyPod. As Warren asked, the next episode will be our Bruce McMouse review. And then after that, I think it's probably going to be Lisa the Vegetarian before another Cold Cuts and Hot Hits episode. And then I think after that, we'll probably be cracking on with parts one and two of Press. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Thank you very much for downloading. I hope you're enjoying this semi-more frequent release schedule that we're experiencing at the moment. I'm really enjoying cranking out this content for you. Hope you enjoyed I'm sure Denny Lane has already been playing us out for a while, but yeah, keep listening to Paul, folks. I've been Sam. Play us out, Denny. <laughs>